song Mick Jagger and Dave Grohl collaborating Bundes you're a big Mick Jagger fan I'm a big Dave Grohl fan yeah um, I feel like I feel like Dave Grohl is just excited to work with legends but uh, you know the lyrics and the melody, I'm not a fan of. The music's pretty cool. It's trying to replicate uh, Keith Richards. You can hear it a little bit in the guitar. It's like there's an open open tuning there, just like Keith does it, but it's not the same. So it doesn't sound like the Stones. It's just not It's not doing it for me. It's not doing it for mm, me. It's called the Easy Sleazy. I've been watching um, the Defiant Ones, the documentary about um, Dr. Dre, and he says in one point, like, music is a young man's game. Uh, 100% of it, it is. is. I, I, I think the, like, the statistics of like artists uh, writing their best songs, like their biggest hits, mm. you, it's generally like if they're under 30, that's where all their hits are. After yeah. they get over that age, it's like, I guess it's because people, one, you're in a different frame of mind and how you see the world and the way how passionate you are about everything that you're writing about. And two, it's also really hard to like, I I guess, buy into a 50, 60 year old writing songs about revolution or love. And like, it's like, you've already done it all, man. Like you're, you're not at the forefront of the generation. Like you're not the one leading the charge. What's interesting is that you could probably say maybe not uh, the opposite, but when you're a writer, like a novelist or something, Mm -hmm. it seems like in some cases, you get better the more experienced you are and the more like the older you get. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think Stephen King wrote his best book in his first two books? Or do you think it was like in the middle or near the, you know, I bet mm-hmm. he could write as good a book today as he could 30 years ago. Yeah. But with music, it's so different. There's so many artists that I love where they reach a point that I'm just not interested in any of the music they started making. I'll bring up a few um, Robert Plant. Mm-hmm. I loved him in Led Zeppelin, one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Solo Robert Plant. I can't think of like maybe th- more than three songs I would ever put on a really? playlist. Oh, yeah. But he was like the man for me for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coldplay, first couple albums I love. Anything new, pretty much in one ear, out the other. It's so weird. Tragically Hip. Pretty much uh, the last three albums, maybe. I was like, meh. Like, it just didn't resonate with me. But at one point, they were my favorite band. You know, it's funny that you could have a favorite, and then all of a sudden, they just stop being relevant to you. And it's not like they don't have... I I think that the knowledge that they have as they get older is probably amazing when it comes to, like, love and lessons and learning. But But they can't apply it to the music. Doesn't work. Also, like, you have your entire life to write your first album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
and then a year to write your second. Exactly, yeah. you're under pressure. But I don't know. It's something about being being young, especially with music, is you're more open to trying new things and breaking barriers when you're writing music. Whereas you've established when you're when you've established yourself as a certain artist, I find that they they don't necessarily take risks as much, mm-hmm. or the fans are expecting you to be the same. So when they do take a risk and try something different artistically, it's not hitting the same way you're expecting to you know, you want you want to hear Coldplay. You want to hear scientists, right, Tucker? Yeah. But they don't, Amsterdam. they don't give I you Amsterdam. They don't give you I want to hear yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh I wonder like I mean, it's obviously different when you're dealing with bands that have teams of writers working for them, because if, you know, uh, if somebody mastered the art of like the Tragically Hip's first six albums, they could have brought on a writing team and just tried to recreate songs that sound similar. Mm -hmm. I wonder like a Taylor Swift, you know, she writes a lot herself. She's got people helping her. She's now 31, I think. Mm -hmm. What will happen to her when she's 40 if Mm. she doesn't lean on a team of writers or... But like, yeah. if Taylor Swift is singing like you, you know, you got style and all those kind of like fun lovey dovey T Swift style songs at the age of like forty two, does it have yeah. the same kind of <laughs> no charm to it? No, it, you know? she has to evolve, right? Maybe you, that's where it starts to suffer is when people start evolving. Madonna, on the other hand, like. Uh, no, I think the key is you have to evolve, but you have to evolve the right way. Mm-hmm. Madonna is uh, not evolving at all. She's trying to like be this pop princess still, mm-hmm. writing songs about drugs and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, mom, you know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't fit. You know what I mean? She's still trying to be relevant to 22-year-olds, where she should be trying to be relevant to the people who were 22 when her music first came out. Yeah. Or sorry, 12 when it first came out, whatever, when they were in their teenage prime years. Yeah. She should keep writing music for that for them as they age. Probably would be the best plan, but... I'm trying to think of an album by anybody that like came out when they were in their later age that I actually like. And I think the only one that was pretty good was ACDC did one uh, maybe like 10 years ago. And it sounded exactly like ACDC. But well, every album sounds like I ACDC. Know. Which, is, which is why it worked. Yeah, they didn't like try Nickelback to... could do the same thing. It'll yeah. sound exactly like Nickelback always sounds, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Is there anybody who had their best album as their 10th album? Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. Happens very rare. Yes. If you can give me one example of it, I, I don't know what it would no, be. No, there is no Unless you said, like, I don't know enough about Nine Inch Nails, but, I mean, oh. Trent Reznor's done some pretty interesting stuff, and, yeah. uh, you know, certainly with all the movie work he's done. Uh, I would say that his last dope album, Top to Front, was With Teeth, 2005. So you had Pretty Hate Machine, Downward Spiral, 94. Um, then you had The Fragile in 97. Oh, you're a big uh, Nine Inch Nails fan. Yeah, huh? I really like Nine Inch Nails. And then it was uh, there was a little while there where he kind of like stopped after after that '97 Fragile album. And people will probably say it's Downward Spiral that's the best. But, but then, you, you know, you look at someone like movie making, and then it's the opposite. Yeah, you know, Steven Spielberg, although he did have some amazing movies early in his career. That's one of those jobs where it seems like you just are making better and better and better movies. Yeah, and I feel like your confidence as you get older, at least with me, grows and. You talk about like this fearlessness you need to report record a good song when you're young. Like I get more fearless as I get older. Yeah. You know what why I mean? Doesn't it, why doesn't it relate in music? <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Uh, 
Because music has always been the rebellious thing. Like where, when you're reading a, a, a novel, you're getting in, enthralled into a world where like the the better the writer is, the more experienced the writer is in conveying the words. It, it translates different where, you know, you're watching a 21-year-old in a rock band who believes everything that they're saying because they're living it out. Mick Jagger isn't like rebelling. He's not He's not living the hippie lifestyle anymore and like, mm-hmm. you know, fighting the man and, and breaking trends like he did in 1968 when they're writing Sympathy for the Devil. He's now an old dude. <laughs> He's chilling. You know? 78. Yeah. It's, 78? It's, it's not wow. the same. It's the same age as my dad, Mick Jagger. Dad doesn't quite uh, have the same vibe. <laughs> no offense, Dad. But uh, yeah, Mick Jagger. It's funny. It also loses sex appeal too, right? Like a young Mick Jagger is far more sexier on the microphone than That's an old true. Mick Jagger, the, which makes the music that much more engaging as an audience. These people are sex icons, really. Like It's about putting that person on a pedestal. And it's, it's less about the music sometimes and more about that person. Mm-hmm. Right? Why can't Metallica make another black album? You know, how hard would that be? How hard would it be? Well, apparently uh, yeah. very hard. Yeah, apparently very hard. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if Metallica released that exact same album today, I don't think, at, at the age that they are, I don't think, one, the world has moved away from that type of sound. Yeah, but and- maybe they're not going to have new fans out of it. But they might, they, they might, their old fans might be engaged with it more than the stuff that they put out now. Again, like, uh, you know, I want the Tragically Hip to release Road Apples again. Right. But they're not or living that day life. Day for night. I know. They're Everybody not, evolves. They're in and, that moment with yeah. that music at that time. And that really represents where they were at that moment. Wonder you know? if, I wonder it's also, too, like a big part of it is like the culture and the and the shift. Like rock and roll music right now is not the biggest thing. That also adds to why this song with Dave Grohl and, and that's Mitch true is not like hitting the way you'd want it. Falls to hit. flat because like people like where is the good new rock? Well, it doesn't exist. Uh, it's very few and far between. Yeah, I wonder if it's offensive. Like it, how offended a band would get if you uh, say I spent time with Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. And I just talk about how much I love those first two albums. You yeah, know? he'd probably be pissed. Be like, I guess he'd be like someone saying, oh, you were so great when you were on the radio <laughs> way back, back in when, the day. back in the day. And you'd be like, oh, shit, I guess I'm just not cutting it today. Well, but, I, I, but you know, other people love other things, you know, like I'm sure Chris Martin has people that love his whole like, uh, you know, EDM side or the little projects he's done. Jay-Z that always used to say, if you like my old shit, then buy my old albums. Like, you can still buy, you can still consume those old albums, and they're still making money off of them. I mean, even me. Like, I still write music and produce music, and I think on a technical level and at a songwriting level, I'm far better than than I was when I first started making music. But when I listen to, like, my, my original music, my first two albums that I did with my first band, there's something about what's in there where I listen to it and I'm like there's technical things that I would change but like there's a soul and there's a spirit in these songs that like I cannot recapture today like I was telling you guys like I was looking at some of my old journals and I'm reading words on papers and doodles and like all these thoughts that I had back then and I'm like I don't even know who this person is because it's so far removed from who I am now so Mm. raw God, I sometimes wish we worked with that Bundus. <laughs> right? right? What would it be like uh, to do a show with that Bundus out of curiosity? would barely show up in the morning because he was at the club all night. Seriously, I, and I'm joking, obviously. But what would it have been like to work with that Bundus uh, 14 years ago, whenever you were in your like most, uh, you know, 
driven musical state. Uh, I probably have sunglasses on the whole time we were doing the show. That would drive me nuts. That was your, that was your signature, right? You always I had always the sunglasses, had sunglasses on, the Ray-Bans? On. Yeah, always. Yeah. Um, I was... I was a little more douchey, you know. I was the same guy, but I was more douchey. I had way more energy. I was out a lot more often. Um, and I was just getting myself into trouble. And, like, I was also, like, sleeping with lots of way more women. Like, I was always trying to get myself into situations where I was falling in love and getting my heart broken. Mm. I was that getting sounds, in trouble. Honestly, I'm still I'm wishing we worked with Old Bundus again. Now. <laughs> <laughs> lots of good stories. Yeah, that was the thing. is I was always chasing stories. I was always chasing yeah. feelings and moments just to, like, have some sort of uh, thing to write about, you know? Yeah. I was also fucking drugged up all the time i bet you too you wouldn't have been as raw and real because one thing that is very rare about you is that you are very open and honest on the show and on the podcast like and i find that most people in radio especially when they come on a show like ours would would be a caricature of themselves and not their real self you know what i mean uh that's definitely true i was i was somebody else like i was a character and you would have been a bit annoying, probably, because you would have been playing a character. Yes, and oh, I, I'm yeah. at the point now where I'm like I, I'm aware that that was a character and that that wasn't who real Chris really was, mm-hmm. and I can see that and I can poke fun at and laugh it's a, about it's it. It's funny you say that because there was a time where I worked with someone for a short period of time on a morning show, mm-hmm. and we had a consultant, and they were going through the different people on the show and what their role was, and asking them like, you know, Tucker's the anal retentive germaphobe, but it's all like. <laughs> Yeah. It's all true character traits, yes. and it's and it's so you know the consultant was like, you know, you want to be able to exploit those different character traits to bring some color to the show. Sure. And so uh, this consultant asked another person on the show and said, like, who are you? And they're like, oh, I'm the dorky one who doesn't like, uh, isn't good with women, and uh, you know, said all these different things. And the consultant said, yeah. But you're not. You're not. You you date all the time. You right. always have a girlfriend. You you're know, like, good looking. You're, you're not bad looking. <laughs> like you know, don't pretend to be someone you're not just because you think it's a funny character on the show. Hundred percent. And I, I just remember thinking, like, yeah, totally. Like, yes. what? Of course. Like, I would never want to work with somebody who wasn't themselves on the air. That mm-hmm. would be so annoying mm-hmm. to be like, oh. You know, there's been great people I've seen in radio who are in character the whole time they're on the radio. Yeah. And that can work if you're doing like a show where it's just bits and pieces of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're going to do a show that we do, which is like uh, we're trying to be ourselves and talk about things going on in our life. I, I don't know how I would handle working with somebody who is like in character all the time. Yeah. That would have been the old is... bonus, right? You'd be in character of the rock star guy who's yeah. like. Because well, that was the thing, right? I yeah. needed to. I needed to believe that I was going to be that rock star that I wanted to be. And in order to, to believe that, I had to constantly portray that kind of... Was, uh, was that a mistake, looking back on it? Do you think that rock stars, really, the ones that were successful, were that way? Uh, and I mean, you could probably say, like, hair bands, all those, like, old hair metal bands, they were all trying to be these weird characters. But, like, a Foo Fighters, a Dave Grohl, seems like the most down-to-earth, chill, natural guy. And he's got tremendous success. You know, John Bon Jovi seems like actually a pretty natural, cool guy. I mean, he had ridiculous hair and clothing and stuff at hey, certain times. Great it's fair. hair, great hair. But uh, <laughs> but you know, Bon like, Jovi's a pretty big rock star, though. Yeah, but he like, <laughs> um, but he, you know, he was pretty authentic. 
and a pretty real guy every time you heard him interviewed. He wasn't trying to be extra cool. No, totally. But our band was trying to kind of bring a more rock and roll thing back. Like that was the angle we had. That was how we designed our shows. Like we would have go-go dancers, like like women, you know, half naked go-go dancing during our concert. Like we, we were trying to make rock and roll like a comeback thing we Mm -hmm. didn't like where grunge kind of started to take that away and like rock stars never kind of had that comeback we were trying to do that Mm. and it worked for us like we did um get a lot of notoriety for that and we were working with different labels and agents it just unfortunately rock music never came back to radio so we never got where we wanted to go we didn't we didn't get the deal essentially but for what we were trying to accomplish, the way we were doing it was working. Yes. Okay. Um, Nickelback did that too a little bit. With um, the pyro. But yeah. the, their live show was a complete throwback to <laughs> 70s and 80s yeah. rock. Yeah. Yeah. The pyro, the, we love you. This is the best city we've been on tour. You know, like all that stuff, like the cheese. And, I, and they, you know, they knew they were being cheesy, but they wanted to do it because they wanted to put on that kind of show. And mm-hmm. it was fun, actually. Fun show. That was, a, that was a really fun show I went and saw. I've only seen them once. I just think it's easier to not be yourself um, on the radio because when you are yourself, it took me a long time to get to that point. It, you know, you expose a part of yourself and you expose yourself to ridicule potentially. Um, so it's hard. And, um, I was really impressed with how free you are, Bundus. Like you're very free to talk about whatever without any sort of, uh, even if concern. you know, even if you know it, it's going to open the door to us, like ripping on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that you told us your dad calls you jizz. I mean, that there, like you knew as yeah. soon as you opened that door, yeah, that yeah. was something that was never going to go away Took ever you two again. years to bring that story up, <laughs> mind you. Took a while. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what, though? Like, it's, <laughs> Old it, Bundus would have never told us that. Right? Probably not. Because it would have opened the door to us tease you, and you wouldn't have wanted that. But I've realized that, like... <laughs> One of the most attractive qualities that a person can have is confidence. And confidence means being confident in every aspect about who you are. Mm. So if I was to deny or lie to you guys about the fact that my dad calls me that or I enjoy playing video games or whatever it is, then I'm not really being true to myself and I'm not truly being confident. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, So I don't mind. Like I am who I am. I've made a shit ton of mistakes, mm-hmm. but I'm f- I've learned a lot of lessons, and I'm I'm good with who I am at this point, and I don't I don't need to hide anything. And if somebody can learn something from something stupid I did, then all the better. I'm happy to share. Those yeah, stories, you know? preach. Namely, namely, sunglasses indoors yeah. is the ultimate douche move. <laughs> yeah. it's up there. You, you might as well just be wearing a shirt saying "I'm a douchebag." <laughs> <laughs> I need that shirt. Yeah. Unless you're on a red carpet where they got really bright lights and you want to be able to, like, see people. Even then, it's kind of douchey. All right, hang on for the Daily Take 2 coming up in just a sec. It's the Tucker and Mora podcast, along with Professor Bundes. Oh, yeah. Today is a day that really, when it comes to this show, mm-hmm. only Mora can celebrate this event today. Is it Actors Day? <laughs> is it the day of, uh, day of the, the thespian? It is not Actors Day. It's not Robo-Cop, Robocop Day. day. It's not Robocop yes! Day. Finally, we 
have a day to honor the cult classic and all the remakes. Is it Swaggy People Day? <laughs> no, it's not Swaggy People Day. People who day. are on their way up day? <laughs> Positive Vibe People Day? Oh, that'd be a good day. What about day for people who've got big plans? <laughs> day for people who thought adversity and won. <laughs> what is it then? Man, you're on a roll. Scoliosis day. <laughs> what is it? Today is ex-spouse day. Oh, Come on. You think I want to celebrate Today my divorce? Ex-spouse day. Oh. Yeah, everybody. Oh, great. Okay. National Ex-spouse day. A time to reflect on the positive moments that you shared with your ex. Mhm. You know, you married them. You must there must have been something you liked about the people at one point 100%. in time. 100%. Yeah. It's definitely probably one of the most defining things I've ever gone through. All the red flags were there, but I didn't know myself well enough to listen to them. And I I ended up hurting a lot of people because I didn't listen to that little voice inside my heart. So I'm a firm believer that if you have cold feet before marriage, which I did, I was literally Googling cold feet. While leading up to my marriage. Uh And there's all these articles out there that deflate that. Say, oh, it's very normal to have cold feet. I don't know about you, but I don't want to make a commitment for the rest of my life if I have cold feet about that commitment. I want to be 100%. Yeah. This might get a little awkward here in a second because we've arranged for a very (laughs) special moment here on the show to celebrate (laughs) you would national (laughs) ex-spouse day close your eyes maura close your eyes Uh, all right bring him in bring him in funness i'd like to introduce you to maura's ex-husband the music. There he is. The music is a bit much. That music is ridiculous. Would that be too much? Maura, we have a surprise for you. Now I knew you weren't expecting this. Imagine. Imagine. But I, I reached out to someone who used to be special in your life. And I've invited them to come in along with the rest of their family for a little reunion. Oh, my God. Say hello to your ex-husband. I would hate you forever for that. Would you hate me for that? Unless it was like a great thing, a great moment. And then I'd be like, oh, thanks. I reached out to him and he actually did. What he said <laughs> when I invited him here on the show. What did he say? <laughs> I said we'd like to have you on for National Expose Day, and he was like, uh, "No, uh, no, I didn't reach out to him." Yeah, it's so funny to you, eh? No, it's such I a d- joke. I can't wait to do this to you one day. <laughs> what, is there something uh, that I should be made aware of? You should. I've contacted your wife. <laughs> Deb, and she's got a message for you on ex-spouse day. (laughs) 
Bring her out. Uh, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I'm happy kidding. National Expo Day. Yeah. Let's talk about Mara. You know, I was just thinking about Expo Day mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. You know what would suck? As if your ex-spouse was on the radio. Oh, yeah. I would, that, uh, that sucked for us. That really sucked for... I would hate that. For both of us, because I also didn't really want to talk about it. It was very much an open wound, mm-hmm. right? And, um, well, what do we do on this show? We talk about our lives talk all about the everything. time. Yeah. Yeah. That would suck. He asked me for privacy during that time, like, please. Wow. And I'm like, I know, yes. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of reached a point where I felt like I could tell my story anyways. Yeah. You know? Heather sent us a text. She says she has no positive ex thoughts. Happy divorce day. <laughs> I celebrate every day and I have a better life and better sex now. So there. That was Heather? That was Heather. Well, Heather... This is going to be awkward because <laughs> Heather, right after you sent that text message, we reached out to your ex and we invited them on the show to talk about how good their sex is right now. Yeah, she says. Our, hello, Heather's ex, are you there? <laughs> no, they hung up. Oh, oh that's too bad. Yeah. She says after 21 years. Oh, wow. He married. Your best friend. Ooh, well, this is awkward too because we invited the best friend. On. <laughs> I had no idea that they were oh, together. Yes. Yeah. Imagine. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Some, you know, every divorce is so unique. Some of them are much, much heavier than others. You so know? you've never run into your ex-husband. No, but when we signed the paperwork, we went out for a drink after. Which was great. And now is it. Haven't seen him since. I mean, you probably, I don't know where he lives. I don't know where he lives either. Well, actually, I do know where he lives. (laughs) (laughs) I get such a kick out of that. So dramatic. Any other questions? No, 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 that's it. That's it. Are you like me and you're thinking about getting rid of your gym membership after lockdown? I'm totally reconsidering how I used to work out in the past. And it's all because of what's been going down in my place during lockdown. And that is virtual workouts. It is changed i believe the shape of my body although you say you don't notice any difference i see you every day you look wonderful every day oh uh, that's sweet of you to say you but know, yeah i've never felt stronger and i realize now what i was doing at the gym was what a lot of people do at the gym you just go in and you hit the same machines that you always do and you you get a little bit of a sweat going but it's not the same now i'm doing virtual workouts and i'm not alone two out of three people say in the past year This whole lockdown has helped them realize that they can work out without a gym membership and they're getting setups in their home. And some of us are getting better workouts than we ever had before in our own house. What do we like about working out at home? We feel more confident to try new things because nobody's looking at us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the flexibility to squeeze in workouts in between busy days. You might do have just enough time to do your arms and then you get back on your Zoom calls for work and then you got time to go back downstairs and do your legs or something like that. 
and we aren't feeling judged by other people. Plus, the whole zero commute thing is fantastic. You remember, was it you that told me you, used to, you had a gym membership? Yeah. And you would drive to the gym. And I'd sit in my car. And you'd sit and in I, your car. And I would debate whether or not I was going to go in. Mm-hmm. And I'd just be sitting there and I'd be thinking, ah, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to come back later. And I drive home, and guess what? I never went back later. Right. So if the workout stuff is right in your house, you're more likely to pick it up. I like the showering at home and doing everything at home. Just from that time, because you can squeeze in a workout and do it in 30 minutes. Whereas you go to the gym, then you got to change, especially if it's the winter. And then you got to like work out. Then you got to take a shower. And then you're checking yourself out in the mirror. And you're not. Yeah. 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 I'm the complete opposite. I miss the gym more than anything. Yeah. You're not alone either. A lot of people miss the gym. People who are like more ripped miss the gym. Well, people, some people just appreciate the gym. They like the diversity of the equipment. They don't want to have just a spin bike. They want to right. have like five different cardio options. They want to have all kinds of different weight systems. Is that what you miss about it? Bunnies? Yeah, like I, I don't have the the kind of weight that I want to throw around in my, my condo. I have some free weights to do, some basic stuff, but I can't lift, you know, 250 pounds with my chest. I don't have a barbell system there. I can't, you know, leg press. Did he just yeah. say he lifts, lifts 250 pounds with his chest? <laughs> yeah. You, you Where's that sexy music again? Oh, yeah. Like- <laughs> hey, watch this. 250 big ones right here. Lifting this up. No hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you miss the show a little bit too? Do you miss putting on a bit of a show for the ladies at the gym? Uh, yeah, because it's also like a great uh, motivation. Like sometimes when you're when you're trying to lift that 250 pound barbell and yeah. you just don't have it, and you see a hot lady walk by, you're like, oh, there it is! Here's that strength right there! <laughs> oh yeah, he did it! He did it! It's Tucker Amora. Yesterday, I bought some weights, and uh, they're the kind of weights where you can dial how much weight you want to pick up. Okay. So you can pick up five pounds, you can pick up 25, you can pick up 52 and a half pounds. Stop it. How high does it go? Well, 52 and a half. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, went on the old uh, Kijij and found a set. There you go. And then I had to drive out, uh, you know, like it was like a half hour drive to go pick up this weight set. Okay. I get there. Bundes can see this coming a mile away. What? You couldn't pick them up. <laughs> so, That's so, what happened. So. You couldn't pick them up. <laughs> you needed help loading them into your trunk. So, you wimp. So the guy uh, is like, uh, I want you to come in and check them out because I don't want to have to bring them out if you're not going to buy them. Right. You know, It's a weight set. It, it comes with a stand and everything. Gotcha. And I'm like, okay pandemic not my favorite thing to go into a stranger's place i literally double mask and uh i look at it sure enough it's fine it's exactly what i've been looking for for the last year okay and i'm like hey, great i'll take him and he goes okay um you grab the weights and i'll bring the stand <laughs> uh-huh and, and what did you uh, do you proceed to go over to the you're like, I was ah! like oh, 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 oh boy oh. Oh, boy. And I start looking, I'm like, well, 52 and a half per <laughs> hand weight. That comes to a total of 105 pounds. So one at a time. Well, no, because that's not what he's suggesting. He's suggesting I just grab, grab both weights. 
So he then, wanted you to carry 100 he pounds? Wanted, he wanted me to carry the 105 pounds of weights. By yourself. And he'll have the stand. I was like, immediately, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. I haven't lifted anything that heavy in a long time. <laughs> Could you even lift them off the stand at all? So what do you think happened next? Was uh, I able to lift the weights and then carry them out to the front of where this guy lives Did they happen in order to, be, to get them into my car. Were there stairs involved to get them out to the car? No stairs. Thank God. Um, I'm going to say you couldn't really lift them up off the stand. <laughs> You're wrong! I picked up those bad boys! <laughs> and I was like struggling not to throw out my back. <laughs> I got to the front. You you have to take a break? And I was like, could you put the sand down? Because I I didn't want to have to bend down with both of them. Because I knew for sure I was like, my back would have been shot at that point. Your form would have been out the window. I put the weights back on the stand. And then I got my car. I loaded him in the car. It was close, but the T-Bird did it. Are you feeling okay today? I actually took an Advil last night before going to bed. I was like, you know, I feel like I'm a little sore. Just from carrying the weights into my car and then into my house. I was oh like, well, God. that's my first workout and likely my only workout with the weights. <laughs> you used them. Now I got something else in my house that I probably will look at for the next year. And it's going to sit there and collect yeah. dust, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler sent us a text. He wants you to know that when you're ready to get rid of the weights, you've got yourself a buyer. <laughs> He's interested. Yeah. I said, try back in a week. <laughs> so a doctor from Brazil has been fired and her medical license was suspended for a TikTok post. Let me tell you about the post and you tell me if you think she went too far. She's a plastic surgeon. Uh-huh. I will describe visually what's happening if you play the music in the background. So this music is playing in the background of her TikToks. She's got bags of fat and flesh. She just removed off a patient and she's dancing around with them. Oh, yeah. Holding them up to the camera with the caption, today's trophy. Listening to Taylor Swift. Oh, and now this. Lots of videos of hers have been removed by TikTok because they violate the company's community guidelines for showing dismembered and mutilated human remains. Yeah, but uh, this is a person who had liposuction. It's just the after uh, product. There's like flesh, so like skin removal and bags of fat. And she's holding them up and dancing around. Yeah, but not with the patient there? Not with the patient there. Were you not bothered by this? I'm disgusted. I mean, it's a gross TikTok, but I don't think it's a lose your job TikTok. Ah, it's unethical, they say, and she's now been suspended. She's celebrating the work that she did. Bundus? I mean, it would be You like, saw this TikTok. What yeah. did you think? They've literally had to blur out the bags of fat. Well, it's, it sounds really gross. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It yes. sounds really gross, but... Fireable or suspendable? It doesn't bother me. I don't really find it super offensive. If it was like a human hand that she was doing, that, <laughs> that was dismembered, yeah. that might be a little more. Well, wait, what's but... different from the hand 
versus the fat. Because well, somebody went in for a procedure and wanted to remove it to yeah. make themselves feel better. What if I wanted to remove my hand? Well, then it would be okay. <laughs> if you wanted your hand removed and then she was making videos where she was going up tapping people on the shoulder with your hand, that would be a no. hilarious TikTok. No. Honestly. A hilarious TikTok. If no. it was all consensual, people wanted it and it was like helping this patient. I found it like grotesque, to be honest. It's different than, let's say my doctor performed my vasectomy, right? <laughs> yes. Let's say all of a sudden he drew elephant ears and made it look like my penis was an elephant's trunk. Yes. You know, and then started, you know, doing something on TikTok with it. Uh-huh. That would be too much. Okay. I don't know. I'd find that pretty funny too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if I had like a mole removed... And then it's in a little jar, and then they start shooting a video with the mole they removed. I don't care. She's you know? a doctor. Yes, so what? Grow Are they not allowed up. to have fun? No, it's too much. She's more celebrate worried. Their victories. She's more worried about her half a million TikTok followers than she is about being a plastic surgeon and having some standards. Okay. That's what I think. If she said, hey, do you mind if I dance with all this stuff I take out after? And the patient's like, yeah, do it. It's a celebration. I'm happy too. Penny just texted us with Uh a really good point. She said, remember when Oprah wheeled out a wheelbarrow full of fat? Oh, to signify how much weight she, she lost? She had lost. I don't know whose fat it was, though. Well, I don't it think it was wasn't. human <laughs> fat. I, I hope not. I don't know. I just, guys, it just seemed like a bit. If that was my body that she was holding, dancing around, saying, today's trophy, I think I would be a little bit um, upset about that. It seems very unprofessional. Ooh, this is going to be awkward. Because, uh... <laughs> Bring it in. We uh, we have a surprise. <laughs> we have a wheelbarrow full of your own fat. <laughs> Wait, how did you get it? That's <laughs> what we call a callback to a joke that's like forty minutes old. If you've been listening all hour, you get it. If not, sorry. <laughs> What do you do and what would get you fired from your job? Something that's not illegal. Talking about the uh, doctor in Brazil. Mm-hmm. She was dancing around with bags of the sucked out insides of a human <laughs> being. She had performed uh, plastic surgery yeah. and uh, liposuction on a patient. And she was just dancing around with the uh, bags Bags of fat and posted it on TikTok and now her license has been suspended and she lost her job. David sent us a text saying, how is that different from Dr. Pimple Popper? Great question. I think that's way different than Dr. Pimple Popper. I guess the difference would be consent. We we don't know if the patient that underwent the surgery Mm -hmm. consented to her body parts being used, you know, in a TikTok video. 100%. Like if... I could post the TikTok video of me dancing around with the bags of fat that was removed from my body. Uh-huh. But when the liposuction performer, the doctor does it, that's actually my body. It should be my TikTok post. But if you can't be identified by said bags, <laughs> why would it even matter? What she did is a little bit weird, mm-hmm. but is it a fireable offense? Should she lose her ability to practice medicine or be suspended from her job? I mean... It just seems unethical and unprofessional. Personally, I I find it 
like for a plastic surgeon to be doing that. I don't I just don't think it's right. I mean, if she'd been juggling with breast implants, would that be any different? Yes, because breast implants are not part of the body. Those are like Yeah. Those are like silicone bags. That's not human flesh inside there. But it's still unprofessional. It would be unprofessional. But would it be unprofessional to juggle silicone implants or whatever material they're using these days for that? Should she really be handling them like that if they're going to eventually go inside a patient? You know, you just hand juggling them with your bare head. Oh, one fell on the floor. Dust it off. That's funny, man. That's funny. Give me these TikToks. (laughs) Bundes is ready to follow her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she ever did something like that, but Taryn sent us a text. Mm -hmm. She says, guys, I work at a private clinic, Mm -hmm. and we often use implant sizers as stress balls. Yeah. I mean... If I would love to feel an implant sizer. <laughs> Me too, Mark. <laughs> the implants, just, I, is that just like what they use as almost like sample product? I'm sh- I, From my understanding, and I don't know much about it, but I hear that they will, g- if you're interested in breast implants, they'll give you a couple of sizes to wear okay. to see how it would feel to have that size. Yeah, just to put that weight in a bra or Walk, something? Take it for a couple of weeks just to, yeah. you know. Test take drive. It, te- it's a test drive. Yeah. It's probably the perfect stress ball. Mm. Maybe I'll try that later when I'm stressed out this afternoon. I'll just go up to my wife in her office and be like, I'm stressed. I got to grab onto these. Give them a squeeze. She'll love that. She'll love that. Sure she will. It's Tucker and Maura in the morning. Energy 95.3. Hi, it's Shauna. And I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan. And I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.